0: Hello and welcome to Can Marketing Save the Planet? Today we are delighted to be joined by Ruth Dernley, OBE, who is CEO of Stop the Traffic. Ruth, thank you for joining us today. It's lovely to be with you. Now, today we're going to talk about a whole host of things. But before we get into those, would you like to tell our listeners a bit about Stop the Traffic and the work you do? Because it's so important and so intrinsically linked to people, planet and profits.
1: Yes, I mean, it's actually uh, to marketeers what what we do on the tin. So uh, 16 years ago, uh, I didn't know anything about trafficking. Uh, I was sat with a friend of mine one evening and uh, we'd had a full day's work and we were drinking wine, as you often do. And uh, it was this conversation where he had set up a charity over the last sort of 10 years of his life. He's part Indian and had become aware of an issue where um, people were being bought and sold. And it was something they hadn't really seen before. Did it mean it wasn't happening? Absolutely not. But were we beginning to see something that was unravelling, that was revealing something on a scale that we were beginning to notice? And so that day he turned to me uh, and said, I think you should do this with me. And I said, all right then. And that was the point where Stop the Traffic was born. It was that. And the following day, a friend of ours who was also sitting there came down and said, I've got the name of it. You should call it Stop the Traffic with a K. So we went, all right then. And Stop the Traffic was born. Now, um, trafficking is the buying and selling of people. But in the last 16 years, there's been so much more detail, granularity um, and expansion of the work around this issue. It's a complicated issue. It's not an issue that is simple. It's not got a simple solution. But what Stop the Traffic has done in the last 16 years is understand that ecology and build a solution that matches the ecology we have to fight. Because this is a business. Um, It's a very successful business. I call it Trafficking Inc., And it's got fantastic marketers because the product is so diverse, so versatile. And in the end, you can make more money selling people than you can selling anything else really around the world. And therefore, we have to match our business, our approach, our uh, fight against it and have to be more agile, better at selling and better at impacting change. So. 16
0: years on, I'm still here, still going. Wow. that I mean, that is, that is, it's frightening, isn't it? When you, when you say it like that and um, talk about buying and selling people and um, I guess stop the traffic as a, you know, one of the, one of the subjects we can talk about today is, is the importance of effective partnerships. And as you say, say it's, it's such a complex issue, but you, yourself and stop the traffic you partner with with multiple other areas you know your network is so broad so law enforcement government uh, banks business educational institutes um, you know perhaps if we just take a couple of these so the banks for instance I was watching um, a conference you guys did with Facebook um, online and it was talking I saw the demo of of a, of a map of, of like the UK and, and Europe and there was all these lines going up and down and it was talking about the bank transactions. Could you just tell us a bit more about how you work with the banks and why partnering is so important
1: to you? Yeah, I mean, you've said the thing that is spot on. Okay. Stop the traffic is, um, can't do anything without working together. Um, And the reason why is because the trafficking business, Trafficking Inc., is a fantastic collaboration, okay? It is a collaboration around information, people on the ground, supply chains, um, business model. It's business model is fantastic. And therefore, again, we have to counter it and be better. So from day one, it was always about how do we build trusted communications trusted collaborations trusted ways of working Um, and uh, uh, and and the financial piece is a really interesting one we sort of grew it I call it sort of those first five years I think we incubated you know a number of uh sort of, uh, yes, startups in our thinking around banks, around intelligence, around communities, around vulnerability, around um, business. Uh, And those over the years, as we've um, gained ground, have converged. You know, you incubate and then then you assemble something so people can see where they hook in. But we have to see the system. Because if we don't see the system, we sit in a silo. And actually, we always, always will never hit our target. But why money? That's a great one to choose because ultimately this, no trafficker gets up in the morning and says, I think I'll choose this as my next career choice. This is only about money. This is about making money. And the figures out there are drastically lower than the reality but people are using figures based on old figures everything's a guesstimate but around 250 billion dollars a a year and that I believe now could almost just define how much money's being made of a particular type of trafficking across the states we're we're evolving in our data in our understanding so it I'm only saying that to to sort of convey how large a business this is, and if it's all about money, it's an errant economy that we have to undermine, and to do that, this business needs three things to thrive. It needs to recruit, it needs to be able to find its product and move it around really efficiently. Risk averse this business is. How do you keep that risk low? How do you keep people in the best day? How can you move them? How can you diversify using them? Um, And at the moment, again, a we we guess it needs 8 million people a year to sustain its model. And then move to the money. So it needs to move its money. Every good business needs to know how to move its money. And this is through legitimate systems. So, you know, once we start understanding it's about what we're all wearing and what we're buying and what we put in our shopping trolleys and our pensions, this is intrinsic into all of our lives. So we are not immune to this. We're part of it. And therefore, you can see the the money systems of this world are, are key. And then thirdly, it needs to keep demand high. This is all around the demand. We buy it. We want it. So these supply chains are all part of that system. So recruitment, demand, and money. And uh, in many ways, that's why the banks and the financial systems are so key to what Stop the Traffic does. But the engine that I realized we needed to build early on was my learning from a fantastic friend, colleague, and fellow traveler in this is, uh, around intelligence. You see, you can't stop what you can't see. Yeah. And the problem with this crime was everyone is sort of reacting to just what evolves or what they see. Rightly, when you see a victim, the natural and right instinct is to rescue. And we need the many, many, many people around the world that do phenomenal work around the rescue and rehabilitation of those who are hopefully survivors of trafficking. But we were committed from day one to prevent. And to prevent is hard. To prevent is really hard, but it's essential. A great hero of mine, Desmond Tutu, used to say, you, you can't stop just pulling people out the river. You have to go upstream and stop them jumping in. And that is what Stop the Traffic from Day One has been committed to. So to do that, we need to understand how to disrupt that system. And to do that, we need to see it because if we can't, we can't stop it. And that comes from a data engine, an intelligence led engine. And that's also taken the years of how do we begin to pull all the pieces of information across all the different stakeholders? And is it possible to put it in a place where we can build a rich picture of trafficking? Because at the moment, that doesn't exist. And if we can do that, Then we can begin to turn that, as big data allows us, into insights and put those insights into action so that banks have information that previously they couldn't have access to, that businesses have access to information that they couldn't see on their own, that NGOs and community workers have access that enforcement and government and that has been part of the building and the last years climbing the mountain is to build that data engine which we call traffic analysis hub so there's a data hub and then the banks which are the key leaders in adopting into that hub um, uh, begin to think about this issue On the scale that it is, but have the tools to be able to ask questions to start to change the way that we do business.
2: And goodness me, I mean, that is prevention, Uh, you know, that prevented preventing this. I love that analogy of we've got to get upstream before before they jump in. And, And I suppose the word you use there is this trusted partnerships, trusted relationships, trust, trust, because if you're a marketer you know as you said nobody in the world really wakes up particularly as a marketer and thinks i and as a consumer i i want to contribute to human trafficking you know i i'm going to purchase stuff and i don't mind if i'm contributing to a human that is definitely not the thinking but of course as you say it's not we're not even aware there isn't this awareness from most from most brands and i and indeed as you say if they can't see it how can they prevent it and for brands and for marketers i suppose the natural process for them to understand or to even consider where this human trafficking is happening is through their supply chain and the responsibility then of that brand or the marketer, the organization to be thorough in auditing their supply chain. And and one would think that, you know, we have these contracts of agreements, don't we, that we see in supply chains and people have to meet certain criteria and then supply chains are audited regularly. It's important that marketers have a view on that because there there is often things going awry within a supply chain that sometimes the brand and the organization don't necessarily have control over, but they need to from a brand positioning in case reputation and issues are happening in that supply chain that then later come come to fruition but how if if you know if there isn't this data hub if there isn't this intelligence that is accessible for people to understand the reality of what is going on within their supply chain how can they trust what they're seeing in the supply chain through their own uh, their own auditing powers and their own activity
1: what what's Fixing that gap, or is that, is that the big problem? For a complicated and complex issue, I always feel you get to the answer when it, you begin to simplify it. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you um, dumb it down, it means you provide a solution. Businesses have, I think, a leading role in the world to stop trafficking. Yeah. They can work faster than governments. Um, They have a global network of supply chains and an understanding and a means by which they um, need to become urgent about this. Um, In order, uh, the businesses that when we started 16 years ago, we launched a chocolate campaign. We did it because it was. Put yourself 16 years ago when no one was talking about this. We launched it because it became a way for people, anyone to begin to see what trafficking looked like. For them to realize all those sex trafficking is clearly a a terrible uh, exploitation of human beings. But lots of people 16 years ago, it also enabled them to say, well, that's nothing to do with me. Mm. Whereas when you connect it to a chocolate bar And you start to understand that connects you to boys being trafficked over in the Ivory Coast. And you'll never see them and they'll never see you. But when you eat your sweet daily snack, you're connected by a supply chain to their exploitation. And that therefore created a real momentum builder as it grew. And if I track that, I believe that in a way um, that contributed and helped with the work of many others towards an introduction into the Modern Slavery Act in the UK in 2015 of a supply chain amendment clause. Mm. Because the communities had been noisy and loud in our campaigning in a good way to say this matters. And so had leading businesses who had begun to say, this isn't going away. We need to do something about this. So let's have a standard. Now, the supply chain amendment uh, we, we was the bit we fought for. It wasn't in the act to be in the bill to begin with. That was our bit. And with others, we got that in. And that, of course, we all know legislation matters at those moments because it's a foot in the door. Is it perfect? No. Will it mature around the world? It's beginning to. But it's pushing businesses who now we work with in cutting the legs off that demand and the money and moving to see down the supply chains where those recruitment zones are and what your responsibility is to your labour employment and where people are coming from. And in order for you to see it, you have to have a way and a means of somewhere to go to work out more information because what you've got is not enough. Yeah. When I started there, uh, and we did in that chocolate campaign, we 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 signposts to verification, like a Fairtrade, like a Rainforest Alliance, like an Nuts. Why? Because they were the best we had then. Mm. But I have to say, there is a there there is a weakness in the system that. Too quickly puts a logo on, and then what happens is people try and defend that logo. So when something is found, the defence is then, oh well, well it was only a one-off. And I think where we are now, and where stop the traffic's call is, with the support of those uh, of all actors, is transparency is coming, and it's the only way. Yeah. So leaders in the field are not about, say, you haven't got it, but actually the opposite, to say, we've all got it, and we're going to tell you when we've got it, and we're going to show you what we're doing about it. In fact, we're going to look for more. Yes. Because that's what transparency and leadership is all about. And that's where I think the storytelling and the power of marketing is should take us to that place. This is about purpose-driven business in a a way that looks to 2030 and says if we have not, as a whole business corporate sector and a world, we can be looking and rightly talking about the planet and the climate, but the planet is also about its people and it's about its use of resources and how people are engaging. They are not silos, they are one. And so if we're going to have a purpose-driven business, it's about saying we care that people are not bought and sold. And so we need to bring greater light to it. And it's coming, everyone, because that's what big data does. You can't hide. So be a leader and be out there and be out front. Describe what you're finding. Describe where your employment. Go deeper than level one or level two on your supply chains And also find a new, which is what we're doing with the businesses that we've worked with and are working with in an incredible way over multiple years. We're seeing these businesses become real global leaders in how they're approaching this. This isn't tick a statement. No. This isn't try and just put on a wrap or something that will just hide something. This is about transparency, this is about honesty. And actually, then your consumers will trust you more. And I think this is where,
0: I was reading, so when we were writing the book, I was looking at the NGO barometer and I just, I read it at the recent 2021 um, the other day and it was talking about how it's, you know, partnerships have kind of shifted now. So NGOs, specifically NGO and corporate partnerships, it's no longer about, we, funding is obviously the number one reason that they do it for the NGOs, but it it's more of a longer term, deeper, more impactful partnership now and cross-sectional partnerships are happening. And, it said, you know, one of the big things is there's a real validation that businesses are taking greater action off the back, the basis and the knowledge that these partnerships give them to improve their performance on social and environmental issues. And I think that's really the key, isn't it, of effective partnerships, where you do learn things and you take action and you change how you do business. And Michelle and I joined Marketing Kind recently, and I went and tended your coffee with a cause session, which is why I invited you on the podcast. Um, and you spoke about the important role um, business and marketing plays and marketing's voice and it's using a bit's voice. And you spoke about the campaign just now and the fact that marketers, um, you know, we need to be better marketers than the people traffickers. So I was reading about your geo-targeted campaigns, which, you know, you use big data for. I was wondering if you could just tell everybody something about this because the 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 way you use social media and the way you go into just a town to raise awareness and change people's behaviours is fascinating.
1: Yes, well, there's that leg, back to the three legs, the recruitment leg. They're not distinct, and everyone I, everyone who is around me in the team always gets tired of me saying, we're not siloing. But there is a recruitment leg, and that recruitment is where vulnerable communities and traffickers know there is a harvest, there is an ability, which, of course, with COVID and with climate change and with migration and with introduction of technology in the future and change of jobs, All these things um, can create a a fantastic profitability for trafficking inks. So we have to be smart, everyone. We have to get there and see. And in terms of that... You can have the biggest data set that anyone's got. I'm a little bit tired of when people say, I've got more data than you. And my call to that is your data is pretty useless unless you know what to do with it. And when you learn, and that's why we need to share about the data, because we can all build something. That rich picture is when we all can become dangerous. Then you find your insight, and what Stop the Traffic has done and learnt over the last sort of seven or eight years in trialling this is using um, information to find those hotspots and routes where traffickers are operating, with detail, with with understanding, and going to to those places. For example, we've actually got a three year campaign uh, running. Uh, We call it our Imam project with Syrian refugees that are moving out of Syria, across North Africa, Greece, Turkey, Panama. And we've just run our first campaign there. Um, Overall, we've reached 10 million people around the world with our roots and campaigns. And what do we do? Well, you see, in the end, I'm holding my mobile phone, everybody. I'm assuming everyone's got one. I mean, of course, you have, you've probably got more than one. You're all marketers. But um, <laughs> but in the end, it was when I kept walking around and going around visiting incredible people around the world, you see, even very people in vulnerable situations hold a mobile. In fact, traffickers give them out mm. because it's a great means of control. Mm. And so if we could get into that mobile a message that when somebody looked at that, they didn't see just a poster or a don't be trafficked. If we could get a message where they looked at it and it was their street, in fact, it was there. it looked like their town, and the message spoke to them. There's no point putting don't be trafficked because most people around the world who are trafficked don't know they're trafficked or don't think they're being trafficked. So our communications has got to be smart. It's got to be intelligence-led. So taking that intelligence, we turn it into a communications package, a marketing package. Um, We make little videos. We've learned every time we've done it, everyone. I'm sure you do, but we've learned. And so we've got better. Um, And then we position them and focus, geolocated, and we work with, in that route or in that hotspot, we gather partners back to that collaboration. We can't do it on our own. So we gather partners, business, banking. NGOs, local government, all the same system, whether it's global, national or local, you need everybody playing together. And so we gather that, we work and share stories, we understand more of what's going on and we signpost to the relevant trusted agencies on the ground. And then we deliver this campaign. This communication over a, near, uh, a, a series of weeks, and we utilize our partnership with Facebook, who give us ad credits. Um, and because as we know, we've used Instagram, we're in other developing relationships with other platforms because that's the thing everyone's looking at. Yeah, and if you can then get that message to them, and you know, here's me getting excited, we need to get that real time. And the power that we've measured over these years, we've, we've really begun to, to measure change on the ground, change in choices, change in behavior, change in knowledge about what's going on. Because the ultimate thing isn't reaching lots of people. It's about people making choices that they become safer. That communities can actually stand and feel empowered themselves to say stop. This isn't about stop the traffic, doing this to people. This is about all of us doing this together. So that communities begin to be empowered to say, we don't want trafficking here. Mm-hmm. And this is the information that they can get in a way to be able to make choices. And we're excited that, you know, not only are we reaching at a scale that communication has never reached before, but we're doing it not with anecdote, not to sell a product, not to make more money, but we're doing it to save lives. And I we're doing it in an intelligence-led way because the minute you do that, communication and stories start coming back because people trust you. I want to tell you what happened. And on the Facebook, there's all this feed. This happened on the on the corner. This is what happening at the garage. This is what happened to my best friend. This is a mobile number. This is an address. This is so you see. The minute you start a conversation, you start to bring and enable people to share their stories. And stories are the power, aren't they? Stories of people being recognised, that those stories of people who maybe, yes, tragically have been trafficked, but trafficking is a road to exploitation. We want to make that road so people can share a story before they're trafficked. Yeah. And then we can share it both locally and then begin to share that Uh, as we do through the Stop the Traffic website, through our feed globally, because then people start to realize that there's hope and we can do it. Yeah. And
2: I love that because effectively, you know, as I I come from a very digital marketing, social media, you know, those are the books I've written previously. And I, I refer to a fantastic book called The Clue Train Manifesto that was written back in the 90s that pretty much predicted what digital and social technologies would enable. And one of the key findings from that book was around markets are conversations never forget that markets are conversations and and as and you can use that power for good you know those understanding that markets are conversations isn't just about selling more getting more doing more this is about how you can co-create which is so exciting about what social technologies enable really because mm-hmm. as you've just described You know, there's one aspect of of getting the campaign out there so that you are targeting and reaching the relevant audience that you want to reach. But the fundamental then is getting that conversation started so that it starts to become a bigger conversation, that those trusted conversations, because the brand, like you say, you saying one thing is one thing that's coming from you, the organization, but actually the real trust comes from everybody just speaking together and understanding what is going on and not just that conversation those insights those pointing people in the right direction supporting one another signposting people that all comes from that that wonderful truism that markets are conversations you know whether whatever that market is about so so that is that is i mean you're effectively doing what marketers want to do Generally, you know, with their products and services and you're using the same technology, you're using the same tactics and strategy to affect this,
1: to to really drive behavioural change. Absolutely. I mean, that's the impact, isn't it? That I always have a dream that there will not you know, there's always an importance for us to hear the stories of survivors. In fact, for Stop the Traffic, the stories of survivors fuel our direction, our strategy. Those stories shared into Traffic Analysis Hub are the key piece that will guide us to the future. Uh, and, and we need to give them amplification in a way that yes. they have never had before, which data allows you to do. But the future, when we know we're winning, is where young people young people stand and share how they didn't get trafficked, yes. how a business shares that it is not being infiltrated by traffickers, where, you know, that that's success, isn't it? Where a bank can yes. say money is not being laundered through it. And and we're in an era and a history of our world where we need more noise to be about how we can share stories and trust each other than than fake news let's expose it because actually you only do and expose something fake when the volume and noise and agreement and power of hope is tangibly stronger but the most important thing is what we do together and that means that um, you know i I i would just call people to say you can't say you can't anymore Because if you want to go and look at, you know, what businesses are doing and what the data picture, go to Traffic Analysis Hub and put into your budget a little bit of money that allows you to start learning what the data tells you around this issue. Traffic Analysis Hub has the word traffic analysis rather than just people trafficking, because this is about all the issues that are interlinked around, you know, the the planet and the people. and we're learning. So come learn together because we're straight out ahead here. And then, secondly, if you just want a simple thing, uh, again, download the Stop App. The Stop App is, a, it is an app that the stop traffic gets on its third upgrade, it goes onto anyone's phone. Um, it's when I sat next to a lovely uh, uh, young, young boy in a township in South Africa who, who showed me proudly his three mobiles. Uh, you know, and then I realized that he he showed me one was for his mates, one was for his Facebook family, and the other was for his mum, which definitely kept separate. And I just realized the potentials in all our hands. Mm. So just yeah. download an app, an app that you can share your story, tell a story. What do you see? And if you say, "Well, Ruth, I don't see anything," then that's because you've not got your eyes open. So start to think about what you're looking at and what you're sharing, and do that on scale. Within which is what stop the traffic is also beginning to do with businesses looking at systems where their data and their um, employees are downloading the app so they can collect information that's going on down their supply chains. These are all ways of us not hiding but sharing because the minute we start to share that and pull it together in very legal, very, very careful ways, you know, our security and our legality is top of the day. But that's because we won't give up because I can't. or we never have is never an excuse for our legacy for the future. Mm. It is our responsibility to shape a future where people who come after us do things that they've never done before because we've done them. And they shape and run faster than us. So download the app, go to the TA Hub, and if you want help, Stop the Traffic is is a, a sort of amazing hybrid between this incredible charity and NGO that reaches and does things. And we are a peer to business.
0: Now, Ruth, we like to end each of our podcasts with three quickfire questions, although I think you've just given a really lovely set of answers and things to the third question. So we'll just ask the first two. Okay, Quickfire questions, first things that come into your head. Can marketing save the planet?
1: It's only storytelling that we all live by. We all have a story. We all share a story. And it is a story that lies before us and one which we're all writing. And we're not writing solo novels here. Mm. We're writing something together. And so to do that, marketeers have a huge responsibility to write a story that's true and hopeful and with a vision that shows us a world where people aren't born and sold
2: beautiful Excellent. i love that and so last question but certainly uh, just to round up this wonderful podcast what do you hope business looks like ruth in 10 years time
1: i hope business means stop traffic doesn't have to exist
0: that's amazing that's amazing thank you so much ruth for joining us today it has been amazing talking to you i've
1: loved it thank you so much